Hey, what's up, guys? This is Zach Like here, and you're listening to the one, the only, the Kings of the Ring audio drama podcast, home of the Diamond Donny Gold, baby. Woo! Let's get it, boy! You're listening to the Kings of the Ring podcast network. Welcome to the Kings of the Ring, a fictional wrestling saga inspired by the real-life stories of the 1980s pro wrestling era, written and produced like an ensemble cast cable drama or soap opera. Kings of the Ring is primarily a listener-supported show, and I want to shout out to all the patrons who are jumping on board to get early access and to hear the deleted scenes. And if you are a top guy or top girl in Patreon, we will use your name for a character in the Kings of the Ring audio drama and the novels. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated MA for the usual. Sexual content, profanity, drug use, and a lot of heavy emotion, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. This isn't the first time Thor Hansen has been on a set, but this is different. This is The Love Boat. In Thor's estimation, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. He can't stop grinning that he's brought to set by a PA. Afternoon, Thor. My name is Gavin McLeod, and welcome to the Love Boat. Thank you, Captain Stubing. He stops and salutes at the veteran actor in full sea vessel captain's uniform. Uh, just call me Gavin. Aye, aye, Captain. Holy shit, is that Julie? She's even hotter in person. Uh, yes, uh, Lauren has a scene with me shortly, uh, and she is quite fetching indeed. Just then, Bernie Capel walks up in a red robe over his love boat shirt, shorts, and high socks, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. How you doing, man? Bernie. Duck. Follow me, big guy. Thor follows the love boat's onboard doctor to where some other cast members and crew are gathered around a catering table. Uh, they wanted me to go over my lines. Lines, schmines. Thor can't believe it as he sees the funniest member of the cast, Fred Grandy, leant over the table working on something. Gopher, good to meet you, brother. Hey, Fred, he says he wants to go over his lines. Oh, fuck all that shit, man. The only lines you need are these. Gopher reveals a silver tray on the table with three lines of cocaine. Oh, no, uh... What are you, an undercover cop or something? Fred Grandy leans over and snorts a line with a tiny golden straw. Uh, no, it's just, uh, never really did coke before. I try to keep clean with the drugs. Come on, Thor. How else are we gonna get through the day? Well, it seems pretty addictive. A lot of the other wrestlers can't kick the head. Stop being such a wimp. You're one of us now. Okay, fine. You guys are really pressuring me. I didn't expect that from the cast of the love boat. He sniffs it through the straw. Whoa. And he feels like he's been hooked up to a car battery. All right, brother. Whoa. Hey, where's Isaac and the captain's daughter, Vicky? It's not really her daughter, man. Her name's Jill Wheeler. Titty's still in his trailer. He don't come out until he gets a nice, long blowjob, says Fred Grandy. Who are the other guests this week? Uh, you, probably Charo, Bruce Jenner. I show him sniffing around Lauren Tweezy's wardrobe, looking through her dresses. She's talking about Julie, the cruise director. Whoa, dude, must be trying to fuck her. Not the first guy to try, won't be the last. Count me in. I'd give anything to bag that. She's a total babe. Out steps Ted Lang, better known as Isaac the bartender, also in a red robe, looking very refreshed as a girl walks out behind him. He walks straight to the table where Gopher presents the cocaine to him. 
He points at the tray with both hands like guns, just like he does on the show. Ah, I can't believe I got to see that with my own eyes. As Ted Lang bends over and sniffs his line, while Gopher cuts out some more coke. You guys must get a lot of pussy being on this show. The girls on this set, the actresses, the extras, they get so wet. Just being here, they're dying to fuck, says Bernie Capel. No shit. We've been known to have an orgy or two at the rap parties. Why do you think they call it the love boat? Yeah, <laughs> holy shit. This is the greatest day of my life. Kings of the Ring, episode 35, Overdose. At a Wild Wild Wrestling TV taping from the Louisville Gardens in Kentucky, Crusher Krawcheck is in the ring with the Meat Machine rookie, Mike Peel, now known as the Monster Damien. And down goes the ref. In this match where the loser gets whipped by the fans with leather belts, Crusher Krawcheck dealing with all kinds of chaos from Johnny Johnston and the Fourth Army, Brody Maxwell was disguised as a fan and jumped Crusher before the match even started. And Johnny Johnston in his mad scientist jacket has done nothing but interfere all match. Crusher pounding his fist into the hockey mask of the seven-foot Damien in the corner. Hey, what's Johnny doing in the ring now? Oh no! He just threw a fireball in Crusher Krawcheck's face! Oh, and he goes down. Pomaha, oh my. I don't think the legendary world champion has ever had to deal with anything like wild, wild wrestling before. As the All-South Show finishes and wrestlers hide from the fans to drive off from the back of the Sam Houston Coliseum parking lot, Burt Ironside steps outside with his son, Gabriel Angel. You heard about the Tarzan kid, right? Yes, I did, Pop. It's a damn shame. He was a good guy. If he was a good guy, he wouldn't have been sticking needles in his arms. For Christ's sakes, if you want a buzz, drink a case of beer. That's why God invented alcohol. Our Lord had nothing to do with them drugs. Not sure God had much to do with either. See, you boys were raised different. You remember now, Gabe. Someone offers you drugs. You do what our lovely first lady Nancy Reagan says and just say no. Got it, Dad. Hey, and what's going on with your new tag team partner, Apollo? Seemed a little off in the main event tonight. Ah, uh, Brick and Tiger ran the abortion gimmick on him. Think he got in his head. He's all worried he got AIDS and shit. Fuck he gotta be worried about. Only the queers get AIDS. And what'd you do about the rib? You put a stop to it? No, he's gotta take it. Deal with it on his own. Bert lights a cigarette. <sighs> you know, I worry about this Apollo kid. I think he's kinda fragile. He'll find his way. Anyway, this Super Bowl of wrestling deal gonna happen? Yep. Can you get me on the car? You already are. Who am I working? Why? Well, Dad, I need a favor. There's a match I want, and I really need you to make this happen. Who? Someone I got in mind. From Atlanta. A healthy crowd of almost 10,000 filled the stands as Charlie and son Nellie Gotch stand by the entrance to the arena floor, watching Shark and Buzzsaw wrestle AMW icon Brad Milkins and All-American Dan Sanders. Billed as former Olympians, they wear faded amateur wrestling style singlets with skin the same color as the milk they both profess to drinking all their lives. Across from them are Shark and Buzzsaw, who look like they stepped off the set of a science fiction movie. Huge, rippling muscles on big guys who look like they eat metal for breakfast. 
They have colored paint streaked on their face and mohawk haircuts as the match degenerates into a brawl. See? Half the people are cheering for Milken's comeback. Half the people are booing. They're enjoying seeing the apocalypse kick his ass. Well, no wonder. That buzz whip with the mohawk isn't even silly. He is. He's just so much bigger than Milken's and it doesn't look like much. Buzzsaw shoves the ref to the mat and he calls for the bell. And now they're still brawling with him after the match is over, even though they lost? <laughs> I hate guys who do that. And so do the fans. Watch this. Here are your winners. As a result of a disqualification, the All-American Van Sanders and the Olympian Brad Milkins. Nelly has his arms folded, looking over at his dad, waiting for a response. Why are they booing? I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone or something. I already told you why, Dad. Nah, nah. The problem must be Dan Sanders. He's lost it. He's washed up. No. Sanders is doing the same shtick he's done his whole career. Maybe even better than ever. But the fans like Shark and Buzzsaw more than those two old farts. It was a mistake to book this match, and you're seeing why, Pop. But hey, maybe it's just a sign. That it might be time to turn the apocalypse babyface. Nelly turns and sees his father stomping off the arena floor. The outlaw Jesse James in his gear, pacing and thinking with a styrofoam cup of coffee in the back hallways of the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, when Daniel Hawkins walks up to him with an ear-to-ear grin. Danny boy, just want to need to talk to you. I don't think Diamond Don is coming back. Uh, and I've been chewing on this and... With no one obvious to fit his shoes, the best move might be to switch us to a babyface territory. Uh, now, I know that's a major change, but... Okay. Sounds well, Jesse. Uh, okay. Uh, I also talked to Jimmy Buck and laid out a plans to build Thanksgiving. Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. We're going to be on the Eddie Carr show. Uh, come on now, what's going on here? I just talked to my sister. Okay. Jesse. You must have really laid one out on her. Uh, I beg your pardon? I mean, she's totally off my back now. Huh? After that meeting, she said I can do whatever I want with SW with her complete blessing. Oh, uh, uh yes, it was a, a fruitful encounter. Uh, not about this Eddie Carr show, what I think... I mean, wow, Jesse, I, you must really know how to use that silvery tongue of yours. <laughs> I mean, she don't listen to anybody. She's actually... Daniel looks around to make sure no one's around. A total bitch. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, uh, anyway, we're going to set up our rematch on the Eddie Carr show. I don't know what you did, but you must have left her purring like a kitten. She's glowing. I've never seen her like that before. I did not make love to her, okay? <laughs> what? With my sister? That's gross. Yeah. In a million years. Don't even put that picture in my mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's what I meant. Uh, of course, th- that's your sister. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, I would never. Jesse stares off into space. Sink myself between Ava's creamy white thighs. What? Uh, I mean, uh, it's the 80s, right? It's not unusual to have bedrooms and offices. Bedroom? What are you talking about, Jesse? Uh, what am I talking about? Uh, I'm talking about... The Eddie Carr Show. Yeah, you already said that. But me and Jimmy Buck are going to be on it. You said that too. But did I tell you we're going to be on it? Yes. Well, uh, uh, 
Let me tell you what we're going to do. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't get that. Time. Well then, uh, Mr. Expert on who said what, if you'll allow me, then I can tell you. Oh, yeah, it wasn't really... We're going to talk about the pile driver I laid him out with in Charlotte. Oh, right. Uh, sounds fantastic. Jesse pulls the collar away from his neck. It's all about the big rematch, Danny boy. It's going to be a hoot. A sweat-covered Davy Boy Givens, Bobby Lee Rivers, Prince Abdullah, and the Russians, Dmitri and Vladimir Rykov, walk back from their match to the locker room, all looking pissed off. A good match tonight, boys. Thanks, Jesse. Shit, man, we need to make some changes. Bobby Lee Rivers says as he throws his sweat-soaked bandanas he tied around his arms to the floor of the locker room. What? I'm getting my ass kicked every night. And I'm talking to you two jabronis, potatoing the shit out of me out there. Didn't anybody tell you to fucking work? Well, we're just trying to make it look real. Bob is right. You two are way too fucking stiff. Need to lighten up out there. And tighten up your moves too. You're sloppy. That clothesline not have to take loose. Hit me in the chest, not my mouth. Sorry, brothers. We'll, we'll work on it. And even if these guys were smooth as a Jive Town Express, I'm getting killed in the fans' eyes by taking all the heat every night. What are you talking about? I get stomped on by the Russian for 15 minutes, then you get the hot tag, clean house, and shine like a fucking diamond while I look like a pussy you can't fight. But it's not what's happening. The guy who's over should get the hot tag. No offense, brother. I think I'm more over than you. You rock, Bobby. You are more over than me. And it's because you're taking the heat. <laughs> you trying to work me? It's my charisma, brother. I got more of my pinky than you do in your whole body. It's psychology, Bobby. Your charisma is exactly why I would do it this way. Them girls wouldn't give two shits with me get my butt kicked. But when it's you, they care. Prince Abdullah joins in. Trust me, Bobby. If they knew the real you, they'd beg us to kick your face in. You got to get on board with this, Bobby Lee. I'm making more money than I ever did in my life with this rock and roll gimmick. And I want this to last a long time, not burn out. And this is how we do it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think fans want to see me kick ass and hitting everybody with my big moves and go home. <laughs> you think you thought Hansen or something? He's over, ain't he? And he's six foot eight, three hundred pounds. You five foot nothing and two hundred pounds sucking wet. Once you six eight, three hundred pounds, I shut up. Until then, are you sad? I don't like looking weak. The more you hurt, the more these teeny bopper fans with their little titties feel bad for you. I want to suck your tiny prick and make you feel better. Racing business, not about money. Racing business, not about legacy. Racing business, about one thing and one thing only. To make girl want to suck you dick. Now shut the fuck up and take the heat. You crazy A-Rab. Enough talk of this. Everyone is shits but the prince. Period. <laughs> Kings of the Ring will be right back after these messages. Oh, I see blue drink. Just got a new drink. Now there's a cooler. Now there is a cooler. It's candy apple cooler. Candy apple cooler. New high seat candy apple cooler. Made with real fruit juice. With a full day's supply of vitamin C. So cool, it's cool enough for me. I'm here to win your heart. Not with that. Who you gonna turn to? Rapunzel. Not that chicken. 
Now return to Kings of the Ring. <laughs> Apollo Samson is sitting with luscious Ronnie Miller and Scatman Jones at a table in the corner of a crowded bar in Houston, Texas. There are several Allsoft wrestlers out tonight. The only one Apollo cares about is Brick Sawyer. Apollo glares at him across the room, thinking how Brick made him look like a chump in front of the boys. Luscious Ronnie Miller drinks his beer and notices Brick glaring. You still pissed about botching the finish with the Rebels? <laughs> Don't even sweat it, brother. Long as the babyface has the arm raised at the end of the night, it's all the people care about. Not how you did it. Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, just a lot on my mind. Apollo says as he sips his vodka cranberry. Scatman Jones asks, Y'all heard about the Tarzan kid? No, who's that? Wrestles for the Empire in New York. Or should I say, used to wrestle. What happened? Dead. Heroin overdose. No way. Shit. We like to party, sniff a little, but those guys in New York take it too far. I heard they even got their own doctor. He gets the drugs for everybody. Their doctor gives them heroin? I don't believe that. Hey, that's what I hear. Everything. It's all that Julian Kane's doing. Juicing up the whole locker room so everybody looks like a cartoon. But I don't know about them steroids. I heard it shrinks your balls. No way I'm messing with that. It doesn't shrink your balls if you know what you're doing. You just need to cycle down it. Well, anyway, sorry to hear about Tarzan. I think I might make a run in New York when I'm done here. As Ronnie and Scatman go on, Apollo takes one last swig of liquid courage, ready to confront Brick in front of everybody. Who's making all that ruckus? They look over and see a giant of a man standing over Cadillac Jake Donovan. I recognize that guy. That's Dick Yurkovic from the Raiders. Raiders must be in town to play the Oilers. Why don't you shut me up? Is he really trying to start shit with Cadillac? With all of us here? Don't worry. Rick Sawyer's got that look in his eye. He'll take care of it. He gonna stick his head in the toilet? I don't know, man. That Yurko is about six foot eight. I wouldn't mess with him. The three of them, along with everyone else, turn their attention to the bar where the LA Raider Yurkovic is looking down at all South Mid Carter Cadillac Jake Donovan. What the fuck, man? He's there, Cadillac. Let me talk to our friend here. Brick Sawyer pats Cadillac on the back and he goes back to his beer. Dick Yurkovic turns towards the hairy and stocky bearded Brick. Who the fuck are you? Why? I'm the guy who's been watching you all night, bothering Cadillac's girl and generally pissing everybody off. Go away, you slob. I don't think so, dipshit. You know who I am. Of course I do. You're the guy who's about to be famous. What do you mean? I already am. You're going to be known as the football player Brick Sawyer knocked out with one punch. Who the hell is Brick Sawyer? That would be me, motherfucker. With blinding speed, Brick nails the towering Yurkovic with an uppercut, and he just drops to the floor. Brick glares at his Raider teammates, who peel the Pro Bowl linesman off the floor, throw his arms over their shoulders, and take him away. Brick scans the bar until locking eyes with Apollo Samson across the room with fire in his eyes. Apollo looks away and sits right back down, swirling the ice around the glass with a straw.
Hercules Harris opens the trunk of his car and pulls out a large duffel bag with his Mobutu Zulu gimmick inside and heads for the door. Standing outside with a cigarette is Deshaun Brown. Kunta Kunta Kinte. <laughs> hey Kunta, you hear about Tarzan yet? Uh, no, what's going on? He dead. Dead? What you talking about? It was in the paper. Drugs overdose. Tarzan. I knew all that blow was going to catch up to him one day. It wasn't coke. It was heroin. He does heroin? Guess you didn't know him like you thought you did, Kunta Kinte. Just like I thought you could wrestle by now. Then I saw you, and you steal the shits. <laughs> Come on, Deshaun, give me a break. I didn't choose this gimmick. Well, you a man, ain't you? You do everything they tell you? Shit, I thought being a slave was just your gimmick. <laughs> I didn't know it was a shoot. Okay, well, we'll see who the slave is, motherfucker. Hercules storms into the locker room when he sees an openly weeping Louis the Greek being consoled by Les Henderson and Marauder Number 2 and is quickly reminded about the Tarzan kid. I get the message on my she. He sound like he killed himself. Marauder Number 2 responds, I know he was upset he lost that big pet, but not that sad. Tarzan commit suicide? I'm sorry, I can't see you, Louis. He was a junkie, that's all. <laughs> no, he not take too many drugs. But if I not out with Lulu, I would have been home. I gotta talk him out of it to save his life. There, there, Louis. <laughs> There's nothing you could do. <laughs> Tarzan, you stupid chaperon. Why you do this? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, Herc, go straight to the office. Julian wants to see you. While he walked into the locker room ready to blast Julian through the wall, Hercules gets scared real quick. He's never been called in like this before. Mabuchu, uh, come in. Julian? Herc is already sweating in front of Julian Kane, as he can't help but think about corporal punishment. But he has to stand up for himself. You've been doing the Mabutu Zulu gimmick for some time now. How are you enjoying it? Uh, to tell you the truth, Julian, this gimmick, it ain't working out for me. You don't like playing this African in the middle of the card, do you? I've heard your complaints. Well, it's not that I'm complaining. Uh, I'm grateful to have a spot at all. Nope. It's too late. We need to make changes. Starting with you. No more playing the mid-card African. Really? Uh, what a relief. I mean, even hauling this heavy-ass gimmick around is... You're going to be the main event, African. Say what? I'm moving you up the card, Mobutu. Hercules is blindsided and doesn't even know how to feel, let alone respond. Empire Mania 2. The American Viking Thor Hansen versus the African Nightmare Mobutu Zulu. Oh lord, are you serious? Yes. 1985 has been just as big as I knew it would be. Thor Hansen is a machine, selling t-shirts like hotcakes. Selling out 10 and 15,000 seat arenas every night. And to feed that machine, he needs heels. And you are the perfect opponent for him. A filthy African, straight from the jungle. A non-English speaking beast. The complete opposite of the guy who represents everything good about America. Oh, right. You're not only gonna be rich beyond your wildest dreams, but you're going to be integral to the EWF moving forward. You're one of my guys now. Anything Zulu wants, Zulu gets. You want drugs? I'll get you drugs. 
You want a higher class of girls than the rats on the road? I'll get you the girls. You name it, you got it. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. Good, then go out and celebrate. Find the youngest rat you can get and fuck the shit out of her with your big black spear. You deserve it. Okay, I hear you. And there's one thing I want to talk to you about. Anything. Um, how do I say this? To close the show is my final word. We all read the papers that EWF wrestler Tarzan Kid died from a heroin overdose. We've never heard of any kind of drug abuse in the world of wrestling up until now, but I'm not surprised. When you're dealing with this class of degenerates, we shouldn't be shocked at what kind of perversions and deviancy these men will stoop to. After all, they're scam artists for a living. Maybe it's time we start our own investigation on drug use and wrestling. After all, if this Tarzan kid was using heroin enough to overdose, it only makes sense there's more where that came from. Hmm... Let us know by sending in your postcards and letters to ABC News Exposed with Michael Sluck. It's been days since the Buffalo Bills lost, and Tarzan found his hole of gambling debt was suddenly as big as the stadium where Vince Ferragamo whiffed the final seconds of that game. Knowing Dragoni's guys would likely come to the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Tarzan no-showed and has been on the lam ever since. Tarzan grew up in the Red Hook section of Brooklyn in a home no one would know, and even fewer know his mother still lives at the apartment. With no one in sight, Tarzan finds the spare key on top of the door frame where she always left the key for him. Uh, are you home? He walks through his childhood home and looks at the cuckoo clock on the wall. The old bag's at church. She'll be gone all day. He rummages through the kitchen, looking for the gun he left for her since the old man died. Gone. Probably pawned to pay for bingo at the church. He stops at a mirror and looks at his face. The same mirror that was too high for him as a child, and as he became a teenager, would pop zits in. He looks at his 28-year-old mug that now looks 50, pale and withered from not sleeping the past two days, and sleeping with one eye open for weeks and weeks. If I'm here, she's dead. I ain't dragging others down with me. If I'm going down, I'm going alone. You hear me, motherfuckers? Not gonna fuck my mother. Not gonna fuck Louie. Oh, fuck Louie. Louie, you've been covering my ass at work for years. Hey, man. Oh, shit. Louie. Louie. Pick up, man. Oh, shit. I'm really into it now. Some heavy, heavy shit, Greek. Fucking me up. <laughs> don't take this too good for my health. If I don't, you know, uh... Anyway, just, uh... Thanks for giving me a shot with, uh, the Intercontinental Belt. I appreciate it. I had a pretty good run. Alright? Yeah. Ugh. Sal Spinelli. You're my only hope. It's gotta be Sal. Yeah. Sal! Motherfucker! Tarzan, where the fuck are you? The streets are crawling with Dragoni soldiers looking for your ass. I know, I saw him at my place. I've been on the streets, I'm on the land. Can I crash at your place? Fuck no! You need to find Dragoni and pay him off. I know, Sal, but I don't got it. 
How much? It's a uh, hundred grand uh, plus the vig. Maron, what the fuck have you done? So what, you got your money at your place, uh, in the bank, uh, where is it? I'm sorry, brother, but I don't got it. Is there any way you can spot me the dough? For a hundred grand? You need your head examined. Sal, listen to me. This is the end of the line. I don't got any more moves. Louis wouldn't give me a drawer. Julian wouldn't give me the belt. I mean, I know there's a lot, but we go way back, Sal. Remember how I put you over in your last days in the ring? No, I put you over. The old man wanted you to get the rub from beating me. Oh, right. Uh, well, there must have been something I did for you. You gotta help me. I'm a dead man. Just name it. <sighs> All right, listen. I might be sitting up shop in Puerto Rico. Doing what? Gambling? Whores? Wrestling. I've been talking to Juan Rivera and the crew. He's trying to pull back and wants a partner to take over. What do you need? You come down with me, help me run it, be one of the top guys. That's how you can work this off. You got it, Sal. Count me in. It means you gotta leave New York. Well, no shit. They don't want me here anymore anyway. I mean the Empire. Julian ain't gonna let you work Puerto Rico dates. You're gonna have to quit. Oh, shit. For how long? You really think you're in a position to negotiate? Okay, okay, you're right. Uh, shit, man. We had like a cartoon coming out and shit. Ah, what the fuck? I'm out then. Help me out, Sal, and I'm yours. Okay. I'm gonna send a guy to pick you up. Bring you somewhere safe. I don't want any of Dragoni's guys laying a finger on you before I talk to the big man. Can't you just call Dragoni and uh, vouch for me and call it a day? I already did, Angelo. Which is why you've been allowed to live all this time. Now, where are you? Can't I just call you? Angelo? I'm the only one you got right now. Now where the fuck are you? Uh, I'm at my mother's in Red Hook. Oh shit. I thought she fucking hated you. Yeah, well, she don't exactly know I'm here. Alright, you stay there. Don't move. I need to get you out of there by tonight. The big man don't kill you, your mother will. <laughs> yeah, fucking Sal, you always crack me up. Alright, Paisan. Just sit tight. I'll take care of you, like always. I'll never forget this. I love you, man. Tarzan hangs up, feeling hopeful for the first time in too long. He looks in the fridge and finds some leftover gabagool, and gorges himself before falling asleep on the recliner in the living room. Come on, do it before he wakes up. Yeah. Ma, ma, is that you? I didn't mean to just show up. No, Tarzan. It ain't your mother. Hey, what the fuck? An even groggier Tarzan awakens to see Vito the fish in his black turtleneck and members-only jacket and a few other guys surrounding him, pinning him down in the arms of the chair while one of them shakes his fist after hurting it on Tarzan's jaw. Your number's up, Tarzan. And I beg to be the one to punch a ticket. Hold him down, boys. Vito, how the fuck did you find me? Who flipped? The only person who knew you were here, you dumb fuck. No fucking way Sal would sell me out. He's not even with the Dragonis. Looks like he is now. <laughs> oh, fuck no. You've been a nice regular stream of income for Mr. Dragoni, and a nice trophy to brag about to the other bosses. But at some point, you became more trouble than your wife, and he's done with you. As for me, I'm gonna get bumped up for this. He pulls out a bag. <laughs> Get off I of said me. hold him down. Uh, like a fucking gorilla. 
Tartan struggles and the three guys can't hold him down, even in his weakened state, until one of the guys from behind cracks a steel pipe on the back of his head. I never liked you, Tarzan. What kind of piece of fucking shit could have the keys to the kingdom? A big star on TV, wrestling at Madison Square Garden, the same ring that Dominic Dante wrestled in, and could still fuck it up. You don't deserve the life you had. Not here. Take me somewhere. Not my mother's house. Again, that ain't my fault. You're the one who hid here. Now Mrs. Tarzan's gonna get the best surprise when she comes home to see her little boy. <laughs> no, please. You ever tried heroin before? Mr. Dragoni hates this stuff. But half the junkies we shake down are all hooked on this shit. What better way to get rid of it than to give you this whole bag all at once. <laughs> they tear his jacket off and hold his arm out as Big Vito starts injecting heroin into the Tarzan kid. One needle at a time. No. 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 So ends the Ballad of the Tarzan Kid. This week's deleted scene was Hercules Harris's special request for Julian Kane after learning he's in the main event in an incredible display of the political stroke Hercules now has. If you heard that, it means you are one of the many patrons for Kings of the Ring, and I want to thank you for signing up. If you did not hear that scene, then you won't find out what Hercules asked Julian until episode 36. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the show, and please spread the word about the number one fiction sports podcast in history, Kings of the Ring.